We are now live. Let's get this going. Whitney, you got a request. So, we are back for another Tempo and Flow Music Industry Talks. Apologies, people. Started a little bit late late today, but here we are. And um, yeah, man, I just want to big up all the guests, you know, that come on this. It's about giving back. Big up all the future guests that are coming on too. And I want to announce that we are now going to be in podcast format. So you can watch the videos back on Instagram TV, but this is also going to be a podcast available on Spotify and Apple um, going forward and everywhere else. So it's really exciting, do you know what I mean? And today's guest is like proper exciting, do you know what I mean? Um, she's done a number of things, you know, she's got an impressive CV. And yeah, let's get her on. Let's see what's going on. See where she's at. How's everyone feeling today, man? Talk to me, people. I want to know, like, what's going on? What's happening? Hey. Whitney. How are you? What are you saying? I'm good. How are you? Listen, it was actually mad. I um, Apologies to everyone. I was running mad late. So oh, that no, I it's hard for the party, as they say. Well, you know, that's how it goes. But how are you doing? Joe, you know what? I'm good, you know. Um... I feel like all the days are rolling into one. Like, what day is it, really? Thursday. Super busy, as ever. In fact, funny yes. enough, I feel like I'm more busy now in quarantine than I would have been if I was, like, kind of going through the throes of, like, day-to-day -day life on the outside world before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm good. How are you? Do you know what? I'm, like... I feel like a lot's happened over the last few weeks. That's taken its toll. You know what I mean? It's been very draining mm -hmm. and tiring but I can see better days ahead <laughs> so um I'm excited what's been keeping you busy everything everything just like the job I think the hardest thing is still trying to get records out but shooting mm -hmm. videos social distancing rules you know yeah. everything like that and just also trying to um yeah trying to stay on top of everything because I think it's a little bit busier working from home because there's so much video calls, yeah, Zoom calls and phone calls. And, so, they're, yeah. and they're super um, time-consuming. I feel like Zoom yeah. calls have kind of replaced the non-compulsory meeting that we would all be, or like, let's meet up for a coffee, it sounds like. Let's, let's sit on a Zoom call for 40 minutes. And actually, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> and I feel like it makes you more tired, to be honest. I think, mm -hmm. like, just staring at a screen... And listening to people talk, muting yourself, unmuting yourself. Like, I think it's actually harder work than just being in a room together at the office and like having the meeting, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you. So that's how I kind of see it, to be honest. But what's been going on? So you just mentioned me in your story. That's funny. Oh, no, it must have just loaded now. <laughs> must have, from time ago. So we've got 17 live listeners. Let's hi, and hi, little babies. Listen, you know what I will tell you is this: the 
the sugar babes community are a real amazing bunch of people because they they literally they come out in droves so like seeing like the <laughs> usernames of people that i recognize is is really nice i feel like they think they're going to come here and get some tea and <laughs> i promise you you're not <laughs> no we can <laughs> talk about that we can get into sugar babes later I think we have to get into it at some point. <laughs> okay. All right. So but, where do we start? Let's start from the beginning. Like how, how did you how did you get into music? How did you get into the career you're in? How did it start? <sighs> um, I feel like when whenever you ask these questions to people, there's like not one straightforward way, right? There's not like you don't go to a particular school, college and then graduate and then you end up at a record label or working in music. So my... Well, I like, take it from university then, or maybe just like... No, I'll, so I'll tell you. So my, my, my path goes like this. And <laughs> I'm actually quite proud of it, to be honest, because um, it's given me quite a broad set of experiences and skill sets to kind of manage or approach music and entertainment. So I, I'll start a little bit before uni. So I went to Brit school, um, and not because I can sing or wow. dance or anything like that. Um, I wanted to work in entertainment and my cousin had also went to Brit school and mm -hmm. then graduated on to be like quite a successful uh, radio presenter and DJ and so like I, I didn't really see after GCSEs what kind of establishment could groom me uh, and my understanding of working in music and entertainment so I went to Brit school amazing experience um, I would be in the same year group as KEB who else was in my year um, Ellerica who's an amazing actress Adele was the year above me, and she was genuinely at the school. Um, but yeah, obviously, you kind of know the kind of names that Brit School has produced. So uh, I went there from 17, so quite early on was like my introduction to music and that kind of landscape. Um, and then I went to university to do a PR degree uh, with a strand of journalism. Uh, whilst I was doing my degree, I was interning in PR, um, and that was the best experience I could have ever got, to be honest, because... I went on tours, I worked on like global stages, um, I had kind of unprecedented access to artists for someone of that age. And in fact, probably quite naughtily, I was like missing entire semesters of uni doing like my PR internship and I could honestly, quite controversial, but that actual experience to me was more beneficial to than the degree. Um, so yeah, left, graduated from uni, um, worked in PR for a little bit longer um, and then I went sidestepped into television. Uh, so I worked in the music department at ITV. Um, I was there for like five and a half years, got several promotions. Um, my responsibilities was managing um, music and entertainment formats. So at the time, because I think they've changed um, kind of like the way that they genre their programs now, but my yeah. responsibilities were a lot of the programs that Anton Deck were in. So I went to Australia to do I'm a Celebrity. I worked on a Saturday Night Takeaway. Um, I did the Royal Variety performance. That's amazing. Yeah, I did loads of stuff. Like randomly, actually, ITV Studios make Come Dine With Me. So I also worked in Come Dine With Me, but it was it aired on Channel 4. Um, and that was great. Like had a great time, um, but kind of hit a ceiling. And also I was headhunted to go over to BT Sport because BT Sport was launching. Um, and they, I think they bought live entertainment rights or live sports rights, sorry, from ESPN. Um, yeah. So they launched just after the Olympics, I can't get my year straight. But either way, they didn't have an established music team. Um, and I went over there to manage rights and reporting across the whole network. At that, at that point, I think I was like 24, maybe 25. Wait, so hold on. Um, so let's, but can we just touch on what your actual 
what are you doing in this time? Like, what is your actual day-to-day -day role? At, at BT Sport? Or do you yeah, go back at ITV, at BT Sport. Yeah, yeah. So, so at ITV, working in music... Oh, sorry, people are responding to me, and it's like, throwing me off. Um, so at ITV, managing uh, music and entertainment formats, that would look at things like playlisting. Uh, we would... Or in things like cue sheets, but making sure that um, all of the music was uh, PRS and PPL registered. Uh, we had a blanket. Well, most broadcasters have a blanket license with, uh, mm. like, you know, the rights societies. Um, it would mean things like, come dine with me, for example. Like I said, ITV produced, but Channel Four aired. You might have like contestants that were, oh, on this week's show, they're, they're cooking Caribbean food. So we need a Caribbean <laughs> playlist. So it's things like that. It was a tiny <laughs> bit of music supervision. Although yeah. back then, um, a lot of the producers kind of knew what they wanted to use. We would supply alternatives. Um, at, on I'm a Celebrity, for example, I had to go to Australia to work on that program just because of the time difference. Um, and that program is sold internationally. Um, so what happens at the end of every show, we'd have to strip out all of the commercial music and switch out for uh, library music, which is music that sounds like it's commercial, but it's not, and the rights are different, um, and it's cheaper to clear. So, yeah, does that does that help? Yeah, yeah, no, you broke it down well. Yeah, and then I and then at BT Sport, I was managing that process for the network. So it was there's a team of four of us. Uh, the person that headed up music for BT Sport, two managers. I managed the rights and reporting. My colleague Pete managed creative and he is now actually the head of music for BT Sport. He still works there. Um, and then there was like a team system. Um, and to be honest, I actually was only there for a year. Um, and that was predominantly because I'm someone who's grown up around music. Like I said, my cousin's a DJ. Um, have like, a, you know, my dad was interested in uh, music. He collected records. So like growing up, our, our living room was like wall-to-wall -wall vinyl. And that was like my backdrop growing up. And I'd always wanted to work with artists and I just felt like moving to BT Sport to take that role, although it was senior and like the money was amazing and the responsibilities were great, but I just felt like I was really far away from like touching and working and having an impact on artists, which is actually where my passion lied. Um, so I left after a year and then freelance kind of just did my own thing. And that was also great because it, it taught me how to I guess, hone my skill set and push myself towards what I said my passion points were. So in that time, so that was three years of being self-employed after I left BT Sport. Um, I worked with Burner Boy. I worked with MO, who are a girl band signed to Polydor. I, which is how I met Gary, who I saw is in here. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, um, Gary. I delivered um, music projects for... Um, the Arts Council, so they funded uh, some programs and initiatives, and we, well, I was part of a team that put on a, a grand tour. Uh, we did two of those, we took them around the country, and at the time we were working uh, with artists who are known now, but weren't known back then, so yeah. we took Abracadabra on tour, we took Big Tobes, um, that's how I know H and Addicts, because uh, they're connected via the Manchester portion of that program. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. And in the end, I moved to Sony. <laughs> And I went to Sony in 2018, and that's how I know you. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I um, was hired to work within Since 93, uh, which was a new imprint uh, in RCA. And that is, and will continue to grow to be, 
a premier destination for black music in the UK. Um, I managed marketing over there and my roster was since 93 artists and then RCA UK domestic and international acts. And then I left. <laughs> so, and here I am. And, and I guess we could say like, what was it like? Because you're doing the BT sport thing what the, and the, t the music since well music supervision I should say yeah. and then you've gone freelance where you're now like working for yourself you're doing your own thing you're kind of like your own boss you are your mm. own boss and then you come back into the system and yeah. obviously like you said that's where we met each other but how was that time working at a record label like since 93 and working with those artists um I'm glad I did it. I'm glad for the experience. I met some amazing people. Um, I really respect what Rick and Glenn are doing over there. Um, I think I'm just, my mindset is kind of more angled towards building my own, you know? And um, yeah, I took the decision to go over to Since 93 to be part, to, you know, be a cornerstone of building what it is that they were going over to do. But I also, me personally, I have to prioritise my own growth um, and my own career trajectory. And for me, there is a better opportunity in being an entrepreneur at this time than staying working within Sony. That's just me being honest. And then, so that leads us to, because when did you leave since 93? Was it I, this year, um, year? Christmas, oh, I, I started the new year on, on my own. Well, right. not really on my own because I had three amazing women by this side, and then I also had a venture, business venture on on my other side. So yeah, I kind of hit the ground running. Like I said, it's so let's get into that. Really let's get busy. into that. Let's get into this year. You've you've now you've taken the leap to be entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. You're gonna, which takes a lot of courage, by the way. And it's a big leap of faith to just be like. It's a risk. It, it, it yeah. is a risk, but I but I I'm not risk adverse. I actually quite enjoy taking risk. Um, as long as I know that I'll be all right financially, and I kind of always have been, um, I just think that there's, you know, without risk, there's no reward. That's how I feel. And I kind of knew that I was going on to do something great, something that I really believe in, with people that I really believe in, and nothing was really going to stop me from, from doing that. If I was in a situation where I could have managed both opportunities at the same time, I might have, but that wasn't something that was on the table. Yeah, so let's get into that. What are the you're working with Sugar Bays, you've got your business, like let's talk about all of that. So what you've been up to since the start of this year. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well my, my Sugar Bays journey. <laughs> I've actually known uh Keisha for about ten years. How old am I? Yeah, about ten years. You can what, find you can find like really old pack pictures <laughs> of her in like like 2009 2010 I was in the back of them probably carrying a suitcase or something um, I met her in a work capacity like we weren't friends before this um, when I was working remember I told you about my stint in PR just before mm -hmm. going into television uh, Keisha was someone who is uh, on the client roster for the person the woman that I was working with um, yeah so kind of had a period where I've kind of gone on to do my career and kind of lost contact and then got back in contact maybe after MKS, maybe like 2000 and, I don't know, yeah, like 2015-ish, um, and kind of just always stay close, stayed in contact, 
uh, was there to like give advice, give tips, whatever. And then mm. um, we kind of officiated our working relationship at some point last year. So um, the ladies contributed to an album that uh, was put out since 93 uh, called Garage Classical. And they took on the song Flowers uh, by Sweet Female Attitude. Uh, we went on to do um, Royal Albert Hall. We were on Graham Norton. And I worked with them through that process. And it mm -hmm. kind of just happened naturally. I wasn't ever really positioning myself to work as management or I just wanted to make sure that like I know Keisha I know what the girls have been through I know their story and music and I was just really passionate about making sure that they had a shot to kind of live out their dreams again and give the fans what they wanted and 2020 is their anniversary um, and so yeah I would have been here regardless to be honest uh, but it turned into a working relationship and then this year we've kind of been focusing on Fortunately, Corona got in the way. Um, yeah. What would be anniversary plans for this year? That's amazing, man. Their anniversary. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm. And honestly, like, it's, it's definitely an honour, to be honest. Like, I grew up, as most people did, watching and, and listening to the Sugar Babes. I wanted, to, I wanted to be Keisha, to be honest. Like, you know, that was, <laughs> for me, because well, what other examples were there of, like, you know, you female, black, pop stars uh, in the UK. Yeah. All of my references were, were from the US. Um, and I love like U US R&B, but there wasn't, I didn't really feel like there was many examples of artists that I aspired to be when I was younger, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I definitely, every, like, every now and again, I kind of pinch myself like, wow, like, I, re I really work the sugar babes. And actually sometimes when I say it, it feels like a lie. <laughs> That's, That's like imposter syndrome that kind of kicks in. Especially because sometimes you go to meetings and they're, they're like, you sit down and it's almost like they're waiting for the door to open again for like my boss to arrive. And it's like, no, it's, it's me. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> they think you're potentially the assistant, right? Or something. And so I've had that, that. I've had that a couple of times. I cannot even lie. Um, but it is what it is. I'll, I'll, I'll take it with uh, a pinch of salt and with, with grace and assume that it's because I look really young. <laughs> and alongside, my <laughs> so alongside, alongside doing sugar babes, you also run your own business, I believe, for your own. Yeah, other... yeah. So I um, launched a marketing consultancy pretty much at the same time as I left um, for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, because I'm still really passionate about working with artists, and I like having like the power and the autonomy to be able to say you know, actually these are the people that I want to work with and these are the singles and the albums that I want to kind of put my hand on. Uh, and work, working in an independent capacity in marketing, it's not as full-on as being within a record label where, I mean, you've worked with marketing people, right? So, you know, yeah. the rush of like 15, 20, everyone's stacked. You, can't, you don't really get enough time to like properly put your all into projects and actually I wanted just to be able to cherry pick the things that I was super passionate about and be able to contribute to those artists journeys um and kind of incidentally it wasn't it wasn't intentional but actually that business has gone from strength to strength and really taken off uh, in in the midst of corona and kind of it putting a little bit of a stop to the plans that we had um yes. But also, I guess generally, it's kind of shaken up the industry as a whole. And a lot of people are moving online, moving dig digitally. People can't meet in offices anyway. So actually, it doesn't seem too much an abstract concept to hire Whitney just to take over marketing, um, even though I don't work within your organisation. 
Yeah. And let's talk about that then. Who are, who are you currently working with within that capacity? Um, oh, God. Those people. Uh, we've got... List them uh, all, please. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I can. I've, we've, we've got Rasta from Ditto. Rasta right. from The Orchard. Um, we have... Uh, roster from Universal. I'll be specific, actually. Mike and Venice G, who are like my sons. Or my you have a mixtape out tonight. Yeah, so so at eight o'clock today, so it's just been out for an hour, they, they launched the video for uh, their single Grandad, which is off of the EP uh, or mixtape Roots. Um, so I've been working with them over the last month on that kind of rollout and, and not just the release date, but past that. We've got quite a huge content strategy. I love NSG. I met them working at RCA. And there's a couple of artists that I, I knew, even though I didn't work at Sony anymore, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have that. Uh, and NSG were one of them. And they approached me, um, like I said, about a month ago. And was just like, we need you. I was like, I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, NSG. Um, Tamira is uh, an amazing R&B singer. She's signed to AWOL. Uh, she released a single 22nd of May, flip side. Uh, I'm working on that, so I'm working with her and her management team. Rebecca Garton, who signed to the Ruby, yeah. working with her. Then I said, like, we've got roster from Ditto. Um, yeah, a few people. So, so you're balancing marketing projects with management of Sugar Babes. Mm -hmm. Is this how you see it going forward, or is there is there more that you want to do? Is there more you want to get into what is what's obviously covid has happened now but what's the future looking like for you the future is this to be honest i can't i can't see myself going in house ever again um unless never say never. I, I can't <laughs> that's why i said i cannot see it but we can't see everything right um yeah. but the opportunity just has to make sense um like i said i'm i enjoy the freedom i enjoy the autonomy of like decisions me being free to pick up what I want to do and also work that schedule around my very important responsibility to the girls, um, but also slotting in what I do with the artists that I work with on a, a consultancy basis. Um, but yeah, there's three thing, main things that I'm involved in and I can't see myself stopping any of those to work for a company. So they would have to accept me and my baggage, my babies, um, for me to ever go in house again. So yeah, the, the future is this. I, I enjoy being an entrepreneur. It works for me, um, both professionally, financially, all of the lees. Um, being an entrepreneur works. It is, is, is my route, honestly. I feel like I've tried it all. You've heard where I come from. You know, I've touched television, I've touched PR, um, but this is kind of like where I'm destined to fit in. And what's the third? I think we spoke about management. We spoke mm -hmm. about your... Yeah, no, I shouldn't have said it because I can't talk about it. Oh, right. <laughs> until it's not But I, you know, what I will say is that um, I've kind of. I mean, we can drop an exclusive. <laughs> I've no. I've um, made partnerships with women that I really respect and really like working with, and that I'm on the same page as. So the Sugar Babes are free women who've had phenomenal careers. They've been working since the age of twelve or thirteen, and it's an honour to be part of that team and to, to be part of the journey. So women there. And then with my marketing consultancy, I also work with another woman. And with the business that's about to launch, that's also with two women. I don't actively avoid men, by the way. This is just 
the way that it's happened. Um, and I just think that we all understand each other. Um, we all have the same ambitions, the same mindset. And I don't think any of us want to work in an environment that is limiting. We can be whatever we want to be um, and achieve whatever we want to achieve as long as we kind of prioritize and, and work hard at making that happen. Um, I feel like, oh, I don't want this conversation to be like job bashing. But I personally just felt quite limited in a space where I could only be one thing to one set of people. Um, and that's just not, it just doesn't suit my interests. Um, do you know what? I totally get that because I could actually talk about even my own experience of being a manager and being an A&R because I do mm -hmm. both. And A&R, mm -hmm. I am one part of the puzzle and I often yeah. have to hand things over or my my bit stops at a certain point but i feel like management i'm overseeing everything so as an a and r manager will go yeah we've got this live show coming up and i'm like all oh, right cool so sort me out with the backstage tickets i'll be there <laughs> but as a manager when i'm managing crazy cousins it's my job to know like okay what what time are we needed at that festival to Where do everything to think yeah, about you do everything, everything. Right? yeah, yeah. So, and, it, and that's about trust as well and like being in sync with each other but i know what you mean though that's what i'm saying i know what you i know you mean about um being one thing to one person or one thing at a time it's actually interesting that i i found the balance because i'm loving both but i often think if i didn't manage as well as a and r i think i'd find it frustrating <laughs> to yeah. be honest um i think i really would so and also i wanted to ask like so we've touched on your journey you know, but I want to get a bit more deeper in. Is there any particular campaigns that you've really loved or you've enjoyed? Like, I, I personally, I know I had this conversation with Tasha that referenced the H campaign, which I think mm. you worked on as well. Um, but let's talk about NSG because NSG was interesting to me because obviously we work in the same building at this time and I'm trying to sign that same song. <laughs> so, oh, were when, you? When, Did yes. I know that? The whole industry was. The whole industry yeah. was. That song was moving. <laughs> and um, then I realised why they'd gone... Well, not why, but they had made their choice. And I was interested why? to see... What, what, why do you think they made their choice? I won't get into that. But... No, what? Just say it. Just, I want to hear it. Because I actually know why it did. No, do you know what I thought? I felt like... And I'm going to be totally off the record with this. It's fine. Yeah. I felt like... My, me and my colleagues did the road meeting with NSG and we actually didn't talk to them about marketing their song that was already out and we should have because it was a, uh, you can't have an A&R conversation when the song is actually in the top 40. <laughs> so, what, so you didn't talk to them about We did options. talk to them, we did talk to them about marketing mm -hmm. but we didn't talk enough about it and we probably, that probably should have been the main thing of our meeting like that like okay. like it might in hindsight's a wonderful thing so looking back if i'm them i don't really want to hear about your remix plans or <laughs> whatever like show me at least you don't want to hear about remix plans at all like, right, <laughs> like exactly. exactly so yeah. and you know and i just think that you guys did rca when i say you guys you did a phenomenal job on getting that record Thank into you. the top 10 Thank the you. next record red silver so let's talk about those things how did you do it obviously for the reason i've highlighted this one because you also are now walking onto a project that is essentially already in the charts it's already moving so what was that process like all right so i'll, shall I start 
from NSG when they signed to RCA when I was there. Can I also yeah, just say, yeah. sorry, I shouldn't, I, I'm using the wrong term because it didn't sign to RCA. We still worked with the Orchard on it. So it was a, it was a joint deal, joint deal with, between the Orchard, who's a distributor for anyone on here that doesn't know. I'm going to try and like explain things because I'm talking to you. I don't know that you know, but some people might not. Um, <laughs> so we kind of, we have always worked alongside the Orchard. Um, and I think what won the deal it was personnel. Um, was like really talking to the artists mm -hmm. as as people was was being on their level. Um, NSG are six boys from Hackney. Six men. <laughs> I call them boys because I'm like I'm, I'm a lot older than them. I feel. Okay, cool. Yeah, you're right. Six men from Hackney. Uh, three of them are from Nigeria. Three of them are Ghanaian. I'm also Ghanaian and just understanding for me and not this is not just an NSG conversation I think this is maybe a wider conversation about how we work with artists but like if you don't understand the artists culturally where they come from their ambitions where, where you want to grow um it's never really going to be a successful partnership um so NSG always felt right and I kind of I knew who was like in the running for that deal but I was always confident that it was going to come there just based on the conversations that we had with them and then their lawyer, I love Sugar Baby's media um, <laughs> and then their lawyer spoke to me afterwards and was like they really wanted to work with you and I was like yes um, so, yeah so I always knew I was going to have a long-running relationship with NSG and I'm obviously still working with them now um do you want me to talk to you about the options campaign so when we well, let's talk about options, OT, but all that. All that industry as a whole. So when we started working with them, um, options had been out for about three weeks. I think it came out just before Christmas. And then it, it, it took off. It had a bit of a viral moment on Twitter. And then, then, the, then the label conversation started happening. Um, so we kind of had to take a song that was out there and kind of hit the ground running and, and really think about what we could do to strategize, but also mobilize their release and get that, you know, higher up in the charts because, you know, we knew that it had potential to be a top 10 record, um, but it was just about how do we do that? Radio, streaming strategy, a lot of marketing and PR. And so it's, you know, there's, sorry to be cliche, but there is no I in team. Like everyone had to pull together to make that happen. You know, that was, I don't know, two meetings a week on NSG. Like NSG's manager, Sean, just joined. Big up, uh, Hey. Joined at the right time. I'm surprised. <laughs> Have you not got a party to, to be attending to? Um, a party? Yeah. Do you social distancing? <laughs> yeah, virtual. They're, they're, um, whoa, whoa, pause, pause. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm responding to his comments. So, I say yeah. I like to say that the thing about NSG, and I'm not just saying that because he's in there, is that they are so fun. Um, there isn't a proposition like them in the marketplace, right? They're a, they're a boy band um, and they are African and they're giving us Afro swing, Afro beat. Some of them are rapping, some of them are singing. It's bright, it's colourful, it's marketable. Their songs, you know, it didn't just stay within that kind of like London-centric pocket. It wasn't just African. It was at the, at the point that we started working with it, it was UK-wide, which is why you will find videos of Davina McCall doing an OT Bopper on Options Dance. We had David Williams doing it. It was on Channel 4. We had um, press pickup from BBC. There, were, there, were, there was a cheerleading team that was doing something that was like Olymp either Olympic or championship related. Mm. And they, they happened to use Options as their like 
cheerleading song, which is wild. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think that to me was a really beautiful moment, just seeing, you know, what is traditionally African music, just genuinely being completely mainstream and um, just like connecting people and yeah, making people happy. We were really just, we were really giving them our culture and giving them access to it. Um, and NSG have a very particular sound. Um, mm -hmm. So then after options came OT Bop, again, with its own dance, but, <laughs> its own what, dance what, moves. And, hold on, and hold on, tracks like but Sorry. what I want to get into is what did you do on options? Like you don't have to give away your your secrets and stuff. Yes. But what was your like your you've heard this song, mm -hmm. the deals happened, you're like, great, I'm gonna work on this song, this project. What is your thought process then? For the people listening in mm -hmm. that want to do your job or want to do a job you've done, I want them to take away from that. What is that day-to-day -day looking like on a, on a campaign like that? You know, what is it? You, who are you talking to? What's the steps? What are you doing? Each week it's growing. Like, let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the most important step was just to keep the virality of the song going. Um, people were talking about NSG as a whole on various mediums. Uh, we were trending on TikTok which meant they entered the charts in the iTunes charts in Singapore or somewhere like that, because at the time, uh, I think a lot of the user base on that platform was uh, in the Asian market and we saw growth there. Um, so we were kind of like, for us, it was about being present on all platforms. We did a lot on TikTok and musically. And then knowing that a lot of their audience sat on, on Twitter and on Instagram, it was like, okay, how can we continuously feed them content and how do we how do we constantly loop them back to the song um and the boys did an amazing job of that uh, i think at the time they were like um notorious for being like top commenters on things like i'm just bait etc and like platforms like that were also, were also key to utilizing because we knew their audience was there um that tr that video and a couple of the videos to follow after were also geo releases so mm -hmm. you know they were releasing to a really active and engaged fan base that subscribes to those platforms um, but we also needed to spread it further and so when you kind of get into strategy and planning like that it's like okay cool we need to get this on the radio on playlist we succeeded mm. in doing that but that's that's obviously a process um you know press strategy we don't we didn't just want uh the same people the same pockets of, of fans being able to read about them it's like okay how do we get them in the guardian how do we get the metro talking about them the metro is on buses and trains all across the country every day. We succeeded yeah. in getting them in the Metro. They were then in the Guardian. Um, and it's about showing the successes of, you know, the song where it was and then building on it at that point. And streaming played a massive part, on, a part of that as well. When we hit a certain amount of streams, we were then in um, Hot Hits. Yeah. Um, and we were like, we were constantly trending every day. Um, and then we kind of just saw the growth week on week. Uh, and then we had, a week where we really thought we were going to be top 10. Um, we were like, there was like, I think there might have been, I don't want to make numbers up, but there might have been like a thousand units in it. And we obviously, cause you know, we know mm. every day kind of where, <laughs> how, we, how we're faring. Uh, yeah. So we missed out that week. Um, but the following week we, we got our top 10. And I think this, the song peaked at number seven, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that was a massive success. And I was just so happy to be part of that process. Um, and and just work with the boys and, and helping them achieve that. And have a platinum song. 
Big yeah. up Uni. Market in a platinum song. Can you imagine I don't have a plaque? What? You don't have a plaque? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Someone's got to sort that out. <laughs> Someone's got to sort that out. And yeah. then obviously OT Bop went silver as well, which was a wicked song. Yeah, and I, and so kind of leading in from from options to OT Bop, it's like, okay, cool, we've had this hugely successful song. And it wasn't about putting pressure on every track that came after to, to do the same or to exceed it. But actually what we wanted to do is retain fans and retain that audience. And so it's like, okay, how do we grow across across all platforms really if instagram is your is your key market and your key driver how do we how do we grow that channel um mm. how do we grow your youtube so we can get to a point where you're releasing videos on your own channel like they did today with granddad um there's kind of lots of things that we do kind of in the process of building an artist but energy was never gonna was never about singles it's about them and i truly truly believe that um that they have global potential Look at what WizKid's yeah. doing, look what David's doing, look at what Burner's doing. Like, NSG are absolutely qualified to be amongst those levels of, of names. Yeah, totally. Big up Shah. Shah just Hey, Shah. Trying to get Shah on here. Shah, you're coming on here, man. Um, no, but that's <laughs> amazing. So, you know, I, I like I said, I highlighted that campaign just because I remember that just being around, working at Relentless at that time, and like seeing how that song just kept growing and growing and seeing the job you guys obviously the boys as well but we got you guys you guys did a great job on that thank um, you also just seeing the amount of hours you were putting in like i think i used to see you in the building till eight oh my god or something yeah so. i'm really bad at that and i'm i will well i'm about to say i will stop i don't i don't have a boss now like my my work is me but yeah i used to when i care and I often care, I will put in whatever, however many hours it takes to get the job done. So yeah, I would often be the last person left in RCA and I would be leaving at like nine, 10. I had nothing to go home to, to be honest, so I didn't mind, but um, yeah. I, oh, I you make it sound so sad. Gonna... Huh? You make it sound so sad. No, it's not sad. I am so passionate about, I think it's, let me just say this, like it is a massive responsibility to tell an artist to come and sign with you. They're courting offers from all around the industry and you're saying, no, come to us. We're the best for you. We're gonna, we're gonna take your career from here to there. And like, let's not lie to artists. If you say that you're gonna do it, you need to put in the hours necessary to make that happen. Um, and as much as I'm a team player, I also I'm happy to pick up the slack if and where it exists. So yeah, like, I mean, while people are leaving at six o'clock and I'm still there at nine, don't really, give a shit, I swear, uh, just because we achieve what we set out to achieve. The boys wanted to go top 10 and we went number seven. So that's that. And you can swear with you, that's fine. And, um, and I say <laughs> echo your statement, actually, and that's why I say, like, I used to see you because I was, I was there myself. I wouldn't stay as late as you, but I would definitely uh, be there myself. No, you would so. stay late, the people in Colombia. Those yeah. guys never went, they, they would never go home. Yeah, yeah. They loved it in there. Yeah. <laughs> No, I've got, to, I've got to agree with you on that one. So, time is moving on, and we've got some questions that I think would I've been be great. Time. Okay, yeah, go on. Time flies when you're having fun, Whitney. I told I people know. that do this, yeah, they're like, well, it's going to be an hour. I'm like, it flies. It literally flies. All right, go on, let's do some questions. Let's get into questions, because I think people are hearing your journey, and they want to ask some things. So, Sugar Babes Media 
It says, when will there be some official Sugar Babes announcements of the music? Don't ask me any Sugar Babes questions after this one. Um, when will there be some official announcements? <laughs> Can I be honest with you, Sugar Babes Media? You talk to me often. You're always in my DMs. You know, like, I, I want nothing more than to be able to announce a really comprehensive set of dates, um, music release timeline. You guys have been so loyal and so patient and wait, like, you know, the fact that there's still demand that you guys have created and kind of stayed true to the girl's journey for all this time, there absolutely will be something. But obviously, as you know, Corona hit. No one can, can tour in 2020, um, as far as I'm aware, or as that we've been told. Um, and so, and I think you know that was our plan. If we didn't say it, we definitely, we definitely had a tour on, on the table for 2020. So I'm, I'm working it out. I'm working it out. The girls are working it out. We're going to do all we can to, to get music and them on the road. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that reunion tour, actually. Don't call it a reunion. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> it's okay. It's not a reunion. So let's have a look here. Are there, are there lots of sugar-based questions? Because I cannot. <laughs> it's probably four, but let's go to the double one here. Um, it's a good one from AJ the Man. What tips would you give to someone thinking of starting a music-slash-artist marketing consultancy? Well, that's exactly what I do. Um, what tips would I give someone? First of all, I would say learn all you can. Um and I say that to say that, like, I wouldn't have felt comfortable or experienced enough to do what I'm doing had I not have worked for as long as I have done in, in the different settings that I have worked uh, to be able to say to an artist or management team, hey, like, I can do X, Y and Z for you. Um, so just, you know, definitely skill up, um, get all the experience that you can or that you need to. And, and obviously, because I don't know who you are, if you are already skilled in that area and have been working for, for a while, um, then I would just say think about what uh, distinguishes your business from any uh, others that are out there. Um, think about who your target audience uh, or what your target client base is. So are they independent artists? Are you trying to work with signed artists? Obviously that has its own levels of complexities because there are, there are artist managers and then there are marketeers that sit within label teams. Um, so yeah, depending if you're starting, then I would say learn all you can learn align yourself with people that are already doing what you're doing, ask all the questions that you need to ask, but also just make sure that you actually get some working experience in that field. And, and if you are already experienced and are kind of branching up as I did, then I kind of looked at a gap that was in the market that existed. And actually it's been a pretty fruit, fruitful venture um, because there are lots of independent artists signed all over the place. Well, not signed, but you know, working by distributors, etc., cetera. Um, and they all need marketing. So. My phone is ringing, and it's fun. <laughs> Your phone is ringing. It is. You got I'm trying to get a country that. house with a swimming pool and other nice things. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all, mate. Hey, we all. Um, so, Z Loco 9 so yeah. do you think using Insta ads help artists grow a fan base? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not adverse to them. Um, I... We regularly like put digital marketing spend against campaigns when they come out. Um, so that would mean that you would be seeing like those kind of out now ads on, on Instagram stories or on Twitter, within Snapchat. You can do ads that uh, are on TikTok now, ads on Facebook. 
Um, and I think as long as you're ch choosing your, like, your, your targeting pool correctly, uh, yeah, it should help you grow a fan base because you are kind of speaking to people that don't already follow you and exist without of your, outside of your current pool of fans. So what I would then say is look at when you're uh, selecting your ads and you're uh, creating the audience, make sure that you're kind of putting search words or terms in there that kind of will help you to reach a broader audience. Hopefully that helps you. Perfect. And um, I've got a few questions of my own, actually. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I often ask people, like, what would be your free, your free tips to, to someone trying to be a marketing yes, executive? Oh, Sorry, I'm listening. Oh, yeah. wait. Okay, no, well, before we get in that, yeah, so V at 92, are you looking to expand your team? Where can I apply? Let's, let's give her the info. Hilariously, um, it's a hate. Let's <laughs> give. I was, you know what? Um, I need did to actually look at the picture. I was like, I, I said she, and I was like, is yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah soon. Actually, I, could, I I definitely need the help. I'm one person. I can't do this all on my own. Um, and with the marketing staff, there hopefully will soon be an opportunity for someone to come on board that can learn, learn the ropes, grow with us and hopefully be poised to, you know, if they want to leave and go into a label, at least they've kind of done it hands-on. Um, yes, in the future. Where, where can they apply? Are you going to, you want to drop your email in the comments? No. No? <laughs> DM, is it like how? Oh, uh, yeah, DM me. Yeah, DM me. That's fine. Right, DM Whitney. There we go. Go on, ask me a question. Yeah, sorry. So the question I was going to ask is, what would be the three tips you would give to someone, the person sitting at home, wanting to... Yeah, to do your role, to, to, to work at a label and do marketing. I know you've had a up and down journey, which is great because mm -hmm. we always mm -hmm. talk about the journey here. But if someone goes, Okay, I wanna I wanna market on certain songs like how you did it, what is your tips you would say? To, to, was... to, yeah, the young person wanting to do your job at a label. Okay. Um Oh, I feel like sometimes this advice can be really cliche, but I would honestly say like work hard. Um, Cause you'd be surprised. Sometimes you like run into interns or assistants and it's like, Oh, can you do X, Y, and Z? And they're like, and I'm thinking, Oh, I've been doing interns since I was 14, 15. Like didn't get paid properly until I was like 21, 22. Um, I do feel like the youth of today is a little bit pampered. I cannot lie. Um, but yeah, work hard, which I know is like, the very obvious thing to say yeah. um, but be useful as well like be prepared to do things that kind of fall outside of your job role um to be there because for example the person that works up until actually i'm not telling any interns or assistants to work until nine o'clock but i'm saying that there are there are people that stayed during that process that also then got to get a taste of what was going like truly a taste of what was going on uh, mm. because you were able to stay close to the person that's like kind of executing um and, and delivering the strategy. And so they got a better insight into it rather than the ones that kind of were like, Aaron's laughing because he knows, um, taking the job as a nine to five and then and dipping out and going home. So def I definitely would say like, be available, make yourself useful, learn. And when I say learn, I mean like, really try to, to skill up and educate yourself on the music business in your own time. Um, because for me personally, like nothing was handed to me, or mm -hmm. genuinely, like I, I, the first internship I did was with Jackie Davidson. 
know, big up Jackie Davidson. Like but, an actual legend. And can I just say, I was young black girl from Essex. Well, still am a young black girl from Essex, but <laughs> I did, Jackie, she wasn't in my world or in my remit. I genuinely wanted to get experience in, in music. I wanted to work with a female. I've all, I honestly, like, I want to work with women. I'm happy to work with men, but like I've always been very inspired by some of the career journeys of women in music. And unfortunately, the large majority of them are in America. Um, mm. But I kind of Googled Jackie Davidson and she had an office in Putney. Wandsworth, Putney. Putney, Putney. I was 15, emailed her. She said, absolutely come along. And I went to go work with Jackie for the summer. And like, right. just lo and behold, I end up working in music years later and we keep finding each other again. Um, but I went out of my way to get that experience. Like nothing has been handed to me. Didn't get a leg up, didn't get any kind of like nepotism of a, you know, access way into, into music. So I think it's really important that if you're hungry, you also have to research and find your opportunity. Um, have I helped? Did I answer the question? H work hard. Find the opportunity, yeah. make yourself available. Also, don't try and run before you can jump in a sense that, like, don't put too much pressure on yourself to achieve what, like, don't try and do what I'm doing. I've been doing this since I was, like, 15, 16. Like, there is, there, there is a journey and you will get there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We've got a long career ahead of us. What's the retirement age? 65, 67? 66. I don't even know. 66? Okay, cool. So if I retire on time, I still have the rest of my life to double my age to work. That's crazy. Yeah. And I just, sometimes I feel like a lot of young people like in a rush to be at the top. Yeah, they of want it now. Years. Do you know what I mean? So like you'd, you'd find interns that instead of saying marketing intern, they'd say marketing something, market, marketing period. And I think actually that's, you're, you're putting yourself in a position where you're, you're going to be unfairly judged at the level that you're actually not because you don't want to be humble and just say, I'm starting, I'm an assistant, I want to learn. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't be in a rush to be the man or the woman. Just, like, take it easy, yo. Great advice. And you touched on a point that I know something that is going on now um, and something I talk to a lot of people about is, like, women in music, especially, um, like, black women in music, because there needs to be more. It feels like there's not enough. Well, there, there, there doesn't, well, there doesn't need to be more. There's lots of us. Um, there needs to be more. In, in senior positions, there needs to be more who are championed to, to take on teams, to lead lab labels. I don't, is there one female president of a record label in the UK? There I think is there's it. one. Is no, there I think one? there's one, Joe Charrington, if, if you yes. call her president, yeah. Close there's president, one, yeah. which is And now we have Rebecca Allen at EMI and Brandy Turner. Okay, so no, okay, there's, cool. yeah, actually, there's sorry. three, there's three. The point <laughs> I was looking at that, yeah, you're right. Um, but they're not black women. But they're still not enough. And like I said, I had always, modeled success or looked at the career paths of women in music but they were all american do you know what i mean which is probably which probably is what started my obsession with i'm gonna move to new york or i'm gonna move to la and i did, had decided that super early on and um, because mm. i know what my potential is um but i don't know if women are often often championed to achieve that level of success um and sometimes you can't be what you can't see, or it's difficult to imagine yourself in those positions. So even the names that I have mentioned, when I was growing up, even like 10 years ago, five years ago, those women were not in those positions. So we can name some now, but they weren't before. Um, mm. There are incredible women all across the music industry who 
are probably the reason for a lot of people's success and we are happy to kind of like be part of the chain uh, and and make contributions in, in the team aspect but I think that we would all benefit from seeing women in leadership positions. I totally agree and that's why you know big up Jackie Davidson as well because you reached out to her she gave you an internship you know and that's uh, you know that's amazing and there definitely needs to be more um, of that happening. Do you know what I mean? And more going on. And yeah, you definitely answered that question. So we'll move it to a couple more because I'm aware time is running. Z Loco Nine says, "Do you think it's too late to do an intern in your twenties?" No, Z Loco Nine. Do you hear what I just said about the retirement age? Sixty-seven, whatever age it is. A long time. I could I could decide tomorrow that I want to quit music and become a dentist and I could still have a 25 career in dentistry 25 year career in dentistry do you know what I mean like yeah. it's never too late to do anything there's like loads of memes and examples of like people that started their career late have you seen like I don't know Jeff Bezos started Amazon at 31 yeah don't let age kind of be a barrier or a deterrent to anything go intern get the experience if that's what you want to do um Never know, in 10 years I might be like, yeah, I'm done with music and decide that I want to be anything else. So, no, go do it. And one of the last questions I would ask you, which is something I ask people as well, is if you could write a letter to the younger Whitney, what mm -hmm. would you say? What would you say to the younger version of yourself? Um, like I said, a little bit controversially, I'd say don't go to uni. <laughs> you don't need that debt. And also, no offence to University of the Arts London. I loved my time there. But it actually didn't... It, I, I can't apply what I learned to my career today. Or even my, my short career in PR, because that's what I was studying and that's what I was doing. I, I, I don't even think I learned how to write a press release in uni. Wow. Um, I learned tons more from actually doing the job. But that's just me. Like, I don't, I don't want to be the advocate for telling people not to further their education. So 15-year-old me would say, um, trust your intuition and trust your gut. Um, continue to work hard. Um, continue and also try to be more fearless. Um, I would also say... Yeah, kind of just like follow your passion because as much as I, like I said, I enjoyed my time at ITV, BT Sport was, was a great financial move for me, but, you know, maybe in the long run, a little bit of a waste of time and I could have been doing what I'm doing now a little bit earlier if I didn't really take that detour, but I'm actually glad for the kind of breadth of experiences that I have that all relate feed into music because it allows me to apply learnings and lessons from different areas into what I'm doing today. Perfect. And I'm going to end with one last question, just because it just came in. Yeah. Wills K9 says, do you think the 2020 climate, in brackets COVID, will result in a lot of artists following off, or I guess dropping off, and what do you suggest can be done to stay relevant? Um, do I think it result in a lot of artists dropping off? I think that if you have an established fan base, then, then no. We're all the world is experiencing exactly the same thing at the same time. We're all living through COVID. It's not just like COVID happened to the music industry. We're all stuck at home 
also glued to our phones. I think there are some really clear examples of artists that made COVID work for them, though. Tory Lanez, Quarantine yeah. Radio, Swarms. If I'm going to be honest with you, would he have reached a million followers just through releasing tracks and music during this time? No. No, we don't. So actually kind of just being able to pivot and, and being able to be um, reactive to the times will help you to maintain your footing in what we're doing. Like I said, we can't tour this year. So not, not just we can't tour this year. Most artists, everyone can't tour Everyone can't tour. Yeah. So actually it's about, okay, how do I still engage with my fan base? I think the first like four weeks um, of, of lockdown, we saw less music releases because we had no idea how long we were going to be here for. And also we just didn't like, we didn't know what fans would, we're doing are people still listening to music now that everyone's at home are they are they actually now spending more time watching netflix or going for their hour a day walk whatever it was um but then actually now if you talk to the spotify team they're, they're busier now than they've ever been before with music releases they are stacked because actually everyone's realized you know what just release mm. let's get the music out there um artists are actually being like quite creative in this period of time and i think that's also a great thing to see so artists are kind of self-shooting photo shoots they're self-recording videos and actually now that lockdown's easing like i've seen quite a few uh, video shoots happening on my timeline um so yeah what can what can i do to stay relevant stay active continue to feed your fans um your fans are the ones that are going to carry you to you know from a to b and onwards um so as long as your fans still feel engaged and serviced by you and you're giving them things to listen to or watch um content 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 then you should be fine perfect and z loco says do labels take interest in up becoming artists for only established known artists i'll answer that one today yes <laughs> like labels take interest in all artists so that's that one mm -hmm. and i'm gonna sign off with these so i know time's running out thank you very much thanks for having me guests. it wasn't as stressful as i thought it was gonna be other than Listen, the, the sun setting and now I'm sitting in darkness. Everyone is like, I'm not sure. I don't know how to do it. So, look, thank you for doing it. You know what I mean? It's not as bad as you see. Time no, it was fun. I'm glad that we did it. And I, I hope that, like, I like doing things like this when they are teaching people. Like, I don't need to sit and talk in a room full of my peers. But I would, yeah. I would rather help someone learn or understand how to do what we're doing or give tips to artists. I'd rather use my voice and my time to do that. And as you said that, that is something I want to talk about because I think some people think this is like who I'm friends with or who I rate or whatever. Can I turn my light on? I'm listening. It's about the whole next generation, you know. <laughs> Temper Flow Music Industry Talks is about the whole next generation and it's about us or me going in depth with people like yourself and other executives about the journey, about the come up, the struggles, the highs, the lows everything and to everyone tuning in 33 people this is now a podcast i'm gonna put it up tomorrow the podcast is on spotify it'll be on apple music it's on it's like everywhere and this will be up on there there's going to be episodes every week and it will be there to literally for everyone to get the gems the exclusives everything like that so big up to yourself whitney thank you very much for doing thanks and thanks for putting this on pleasure and i'll uh, catch you soon All oh right, before you go tell everyone where they can find you 
Like, if people want to get in contact, DM, apply for internship, like... I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> well, obviously, I, I'm on Instagram live via my Instagram, so... you got 10 seconds, um, so go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in lieu of you all sending me emails, just send me a DM. I, I mostly reply. Perfect. All right, see you later. Thank you very much. Everybody. Bye, guys. See you later.